Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. This is a show where we are dishing out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. And you might be wondering, what is a mystical business owner? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader like me, or if you're an astrologer, a healer like a Reiki healer, an intuitive counselor, or maybe you're a medium or an oracle, or, you know, if, it's really if you do any kind of spiritual or mystical or sacred arts as part of your profession, we are talking about you. And my name is Teresa. And I'm Bree. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello, hello. We're so glad you're here tonight. Teresa and I have both been self-employed for many, many years. We're not going to tell you how long because, um, you know, we're vain. And we know, (laughs) we know what goes into running a successful sacred arts mystical business. We know how much heart, hard work, and hustle it takes to get your business up and running and to keep it running, most importantly of all. Yes, to be sustainable. And Bree and I have been doing this show together once a month now for, I think this is our fourth year. Um, and yeah. it's been Yeah, it's been awesome. And we do it because, you know, we love sharing and talking about business, and we love just sharing all the things that we've learned over the years. And, you know, we're still learning. And we, we learn every time we do the show. We learn new things. And, you know, our goal ultimately is to help all of our fellow sacred artists, tarot readers, astrologers, all you guys, we really want you to succeed. Yes, we do. That is so true. And so in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic, and we often feature a special guest. So today's topic is Brand You, Creatively Branding Your Mystical Business. And we are talking with the one and only Jacqueline Tierney of JacquelineTierney.com. And we will make sure to spell that for you at the end of the show so you have it. So Jacqueline is a beloved friend and a brilliant artist. She does amazing, amazing artwork, and she has also offered design and branding services for sacred artists, healers, astrologers, and professional card readers, among others. So she has an incredible sense of style, an incredible eye, and we are so, so happy to have her. Absolutely, and I've actually had Jackie do a little work for me, and Jacqueline, we are, we're thrilled here and, and to have her here. And we're thrilled also to have our audience here. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. And we're going to get the show started. Jacqueline, are you are you ready? I'm ready. Thank you so much for having me tonight. I'm really excited. Well, we're Yay! totally pumped. Yes. <laughs> it's great to be all three of us together again. You know, we all got to hang out together. What was that, like a year, two years ago, you guys? It was so great. Yeah, the soulful proprietor. Yeah. Yeah. So now here we are, and we are talking again. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to start about we're going to start talking about branding basics. So, Jacqueline, in your opinion, what makes a brand memorable? What makes it stick? Yeah. So there are a few things. One, I think personality, and that's going to come out in your writing, in your visuals, in your overall energy, um, and really staying true to you. Uh, and your voice, and being confident in your voice, and not doing what everyone else is saying to do because it worked for them. You know, I was thinking, um, it's kind of like when you go grocery shopping, and, you know, nowadays there are millions and millions of choices. So, like, when I go to the chip aisle, there are 10 brands now with sweet potato chips, but I'm Mm going to pick the brand that has, like, wild packaging or a really fun name, like, way better snacks, something that really stands out um, because I'm just kind of – the market is oversaturated. So make sure you inject your personality into your brand. Uh, The second thing, service. Um, Write handwritten holiday cards. There's this brand. It's uh, Chewy.com. It's where I get my pet food. Um, And every winter they send a thank you note. And it it really – it's – it stands out because it's a digital company, but I'm I'm receiving so I'm receiving a handwritten letter um, from one of their employees, um, or just send you know like uh, it could be follow up emails, um, other kinds of 
thank you notes, um, whether it's handwritten or or an email, just generally letting your customers know that you care. Uh, and sometimes, like, if you've dropped the ball, you can offer a product or a service as a gift. Um, just really let your clients know that you care about them and that the work and the work you're doing together. Um, and then this is something that I, I came across recently in the book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Branding, and it's owning a word in the mind of the consumer. So think about what word or phrase you want to be known for and own. Um, and if we look at tarot, for example, like Teresa, when I think of the tarot lady, I think tarot cool, like hip, accessible, um, boss with the dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> right? So true. Um, when I think of Mary Kay Greer's work, I think history and research. And then mm. when I think of the wild unknown, I hear dream. Mm. So they all, like, you know, each each brand is providing tarot services or talking about tarot, but they all have, they all own like a specific niche of the market. And I think that's really important too for 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 your brand. It's another way to stand out. Like what do you want to be known for specifically? What's the word you want to own? That's great advice. I love that. Bree, what's yeah. the word you want to own? I think the word that I own is sacred art. Yeah, um, and I share it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I share it freely, right, with like everybody. I mean, I've I've had many people who have asked me, like, can I use this? And there are quite a few people who now use the term in their in their bio. And I, you know, I would never say like I created the term, but I think I'm one of the first people who really started using the term to describe the kind of work that we do. And so that you know that that's my jam. You know, it's really funny that you say that because when I hear the word sacred artist, I automatically do go to you. So just letting you know that. Yeah. Automatically. <laughs> That's where my brain goes. Yes. And when I hear the tarot lady, I, I thought Jackie did a great job describing, like, all of the all of the things that come out of that. And I also think really practical and down to earth. Like, I love that so much about your style that you just you come off it and you just tell it like it is. You know, and you you work with the cards to tell it like it is. I love that about your work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But what I think is cool about Jackie, what I like about your answer is that you know a lot of people would start by talking about well, what makes a brand memorable? Well, it's the colors that you use, or it's your logo, or it's whatever. I really like how you went under all of that, and you were like basically you know being nice, having good service. Um, you know, being being present, being yourself, I think that that is very insightful. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all those other things too. It's all those visual elements, but like a logo doesn't make a brand. You know, I yeah. the expression. Um, what is it? It's um, like people remember how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true. You know, especially as a business owner, like if you are taking two weeks to get back to someone, why would they want to give you their service? Or, you know, I've had, I've sent personalized gifts to business owners and their assistants have written me emails. And I thought it would just be, I would have appreciated it more if the person who received the gift sent me even just a quick, quick one-sentence email, like, thank you, I love this, or just thank you, you know, um, and make it really personal uh, because, it's your i think you can have a great product um but it's the relationships that you develop with your customers that is going to keep your business running you know you're bringing up a really incredibly important part that i i hope everybody who listens to this whether they're listening live or later hears you know when we are doing businesses kind of like the kind we're doing like me and Bree you know we are you know, the voice of our business, and we are the personality behind our business. And in the word personality is person. And I think when we really focus on the other person and bringing our person forward and being personable, you know, instead of being this out-of-reach, unapproachable person, I think that makes such a huge difference. Uh, People are looking for intimacy. I really believe that. And I think... Uh, if we can all focus on 
how can I really connect with that client? How can I be intimate? How can I really show them my soul? I think that makes such a big difference in our business. Um, you know, sometimes I see people who are putting out their brand, and it feels, you know, quote-unquote professional, but there's a coldness about it. And on, I'm mm-hmm. like you. If I am trying to do business with somebody and I keep just getting their assistant, I'm sorry, that's a turnoff for me. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know your damn assistant. So I'm just saying that. That's right. Especially, <laughs> especially if you're doing one-on-one work with someone yeah. and, you're, and you will have that intimate time. You know, I don't want my personal – if I have to write a personal email, like I don't really want the assistant to see that. You know, it gets tricky. Mhm. Yeah, especially like in our in our field of work, um, in any kind of counseling, you know, there are the I think of them as like the internet ice queens and ice kings, you know, and it's mm-hmm. sort of like they have a website and they have a really slick like platform and you know millions of followers, which is awesome, rock on. But like you cannot get to them; there is no access. You know, and but with our work, a lot of what we do is very confidential. Um, and so Teresa and I have talked before about how neither of us have virtual assistants because, you know, all of the stuff you would normally farm out to a virtual assistant, like we can't farm that out. We have to do that because we can't have eyes on the stuff that we see other than our own. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you can't so. convey that that sense of of. Um, privacy if you have some assistant going and rambling off and setting up your appointments and all that. You know, there are some people, they don't want someone to know that they're seeing a tarot reader. So the yeah. last thing they want is to feel that they've got some other middleman there. So just saying, you know, I really I really love what you said, Jacqueline. I think that, you know, is, is really important. Now we're going off on a tangent, but we, we can move on. I know on we are. I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring us back. Bring that was back, Bree. <laughs> What is your advice for someone who is just starting out? And and specifically, how can they find their brand voice? You know, this is something that people really, really struggle with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about logo and brand palette and all the, the visual elements again, which you don't necessarily need to start your business. You don't need a fancy site, and you don't have to have a logo to start. And in fact, you might not even need a website depending on the type of service or product that you're that you are providing. And I'm thinking specifically about the Instagram account Goldie Rocks. And she hit I think like 15,000 followers in the first few months. Um, oh, so sorry. She sells. She uh, talks about crystals and and now sells crystals. I think she has a website. But at first. She was just taking private orders through Instagram. Um, so she didn't even have a website. Uh, and she, But what she did have was a strong brand vision that included um, – she, she had a color palette, and there was a lot of consistency in the style and content of her posts. Um, if, you're, if you don't know what your style is, a few things you can do – uh, have a look at what's in your closet. Look at the dominant colors that you wear or uh, on your in your garments or in, even in your makeup palette. So, like, I have a lot of white and black and red and blue, and that's what shows up in my Instagram account, just naturally. Those are the natural threads. Look through all the natural threads of the things that visually inspire you. Another thing you can do is have a look at your natal chart and see what elements are most present. Do you have a lot of fire energy, earth energy, water, air? Um, start a Pinterest board and and keep that keep that visual file going for an extended period of time. And then again, you know, post um, post or collect all the things that inspire you, all the images that inspire you, and see if there are certain uh, time periods that show up, or are there repeating colors and textures? Uh, what mood and energy do these photos capture? Just keep looking for the threads, and you might have to train your eye at first. It's a, it can be difficult, but just look for all those patterns and threads, and you'll start to see uh, your visual style uh, developing, and then you can work from there. 
That makes total sense. And, you know, Bree, if you had to describe your wardrobe, I would love, I, I've seen how you dress. How would you say your wardrobe lines up with your brand? Oh, I I think, you know, I didn't know that I was supposed to look at my wardrobe to inform my brand <laughs> until Jackie just said that. Um, but I feel like I really nailed it because, as you can say, as you know, Teresa, like mostly what do I wear? I wear white or black, and then I wear like that deep red yep. sanguine, very burgundy color. I mean, Teresa and I have room together, so she's seen the real deal. Um, I've seen it and all. And that, that is, she's seen it all. She's seen it all. And that is literally um that's you know those are you know black white and then we call it sanguine are the primary colors of my site um and that is night like i'm sure 90 percent of my wardrobe and the other uh 10 percent would be jeans most likely um and then and then my hyperlinks are gold and i wear gold jewelry my that's the metal of choice and so like i totally totally get that what about you teresa like how do you how do you feel like that works for you because i've seen how you dress well you know i mostly live in in really super simple clothes it's like simple 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 i don't do a lot of frills and my site is very i i've tried to aim for something that's going to have some it's clean um you know it it doesn't have like all kinds of gigantic bells and whistles because that's not me. You know, now I will admit mm-hmm. my home, if we went by my home, my God, my home. It's like, I always say it looks like a <laughs> library and a church threw up in here. We don't want to use my home as a palette for my business. <laughs> but my wardrobe is extremely, you know, it's simple. And I love the color purple. That, you know, is one of my mm-hmm. colors. Purple, like, is one of my favorite things. I don't wear as much purple as I would like because, you know, I always stick with black um, for a very simple reason. I want to be able to be like Steve Jobs. You know, I just throw on this thing and I don't have to think about getting dressed. But I love gold accents. I love turquoise. I wish I had more turquoise stuff. I have turquoise on my site because my daughter bought me a turquoise bracelet years ago that I wore to the point where it got destroyed. So, you know, the turquoise has, it it looks good on me, it works with me. So those are colors that I really love. And turquoise, to me, feels peaceful. Purple has that feeling of spirit. And gold, for me, also just really has this warm, sunny, positive vibe. You know, so that also, you know, kind of really sums up who I am. I'm plain spoken and got a little element of the spiritual stuff, lots of positivity. And mm-hmm. peaceful. So I think that all makes sense. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about mistakes, though, um, because I think this Sorry. is this is a really Teresa, important. You... Go ahead. Sorry, can you repeat what you said? Because my phone broke up. Oh, I said. Well, what I want to move into now is I want to move into talking about mistakes, because you know when it comes to branding, I think sometimes <laughs> you know people get off on the wrong foot. I've seen people try to be somebody they're not or they try to like act professional and it just comes off really stale so i would like you to tell us what are some of the common mistakes that you see in the metaphysical industry when it comes to branding and what can we do to avoid those mistakes okay so i think this goes back to my example of being in the chip aisle and everyone looking the same so there's Mm -hmm. definitely different subgroups but like you know um sometimes i think people feel a pressure to fit into a into a group um like there's one new age community style that has lots of butterflies and sparkles and like fonts that your <laughs> computer came with um and then there's another new age group that has you always see moons and canyons and pink gradients and palm trees and you know it's like how how is anyone supposed to see you if you blend right in? And then the other thing you have to think about is sometimes these are just aesthetic waves that'll eventually wash back out into the ocean. So what happens when the trend passes? Are you going to have to rebrand and stay relevant? You know, so my advice is um honor that voice and go with the the writing style and the the color palette and um you know these visual elements and then also how you know how you want to provide a service like 
go with what feels right in your gut and and that speaks to who you want to serve and you know because also like dressing dressing differently can be scary but honoring your voice is something that's sustainable your voice is never going to go away but you know these trends these trends will so so stay true to yourself that's that would be my number one piece of guidance that's a really great piece of advice too because i see people sometimes jumping on bandwagons and i always find that to be a little bit strange like suddenly i saw all these tarot readers because somebody told them to become a life coach so they can, you know, brand themselves better mm-hmm. and take the tarot stigma out of it, yada, yada, yada. The next thing you know, you have all these, these readers who are really de-emphasizing their tarot part. And I thought that was so strange. And it, it just felt like, wow, why are you guys hiding your freak? Why? You know, people don't come to me for life coaching. They come because they want to look at the cards. Last thing they want to hear is about this life coaching stuff. So you know, I just didn't I didn't follow that advice, but um, that was a little trend for a hot minute, and I saw a whole bunch yeah. of people doing that. Do you remember that, Bree? I do, and there, there, and you know, right? I think that that trend followed on the heels of the tarot therapy trend, where yes. you know, every every tarot reading and encounter was was therapeutic. In nature, which right, it can be for sure, but um, there were readers who were what I would consider like more old-fashioned readers, you know, re- readers who really cut their teeth on the cards in, you know, the 60s and the 70s when, you know, there, we didn't have all of the, the books that we have now yep. and all of the info that we have now, um, who are more straightforward readers. Um, like I'm thinking of people in my family and I'm thinking of people that I know, like Teresa, you know, I, I think of you in this category as well, where it's like there's a there there can be a therapeutic aspect, but it's it also has a there's you know, it's tarot and there's a cut and dried aspect. I mean, like you said, people want to look at the cards. And so that trend was really popular and some readers felt pressured, like they had to kind yes. of change their style to like blend into that. Um which I, you know, I, I think it's really interesting because it's like you're in this industry that is, that is fringe, but becoming more and more mainstream. Why right. would you then choose to brand yourself in the same way everybody else is? And I think that there's something going on with needing a sense of safety. Like I'm out, I'm I'm out doing this kind of risky thing, and so I I want to be safe in my appearance or in mm-hmm. my color. Um, you know, almost like so people won't notice me. But clearly, like, that that there's, you know, a conflict in that. So I think right. this is brilliant advice. And I also think, too, what happens with something, you know, that is new age and, or a cult or however you want to say it, I think we sometimes are worried about being seen as that and we don't want to be judged. And I totally get that. And I found it really interesting when you're talking about the therapeutic thing, when that was going on for a while, and there's still some tarot readers who really are super therapeutic and they're wonderful. They're fabulous Yeah, totally. That's their jam. But I really remember a time where, you know, us old school predictive readers, we were starting to feel a little bit like, holy crap, man, we're looked down on like we're – you know, kind of, kind of like the white trash right. version of the of the tarot world, <laughs> and you know, which for me, of course, I don't care. I'm I am who I am. But I found the funniest thing. I I have to laugh. All of a sudden, Lenormand came around and got crazy popular, and suddenly I find all these readers who are anti prediction are using Lenormand, which is strictly prediction. And I thought, well, isn't the that... The most predictive, yeah. Isn't that funny <laughs> how that works? So I just, I thought that was, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yes, yes. Do you think that blending into could be a result of being scared of not receiving sales, too? Yeah. So not just, you know, like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. um, I don't want people to judge me for how I look. So if I yes. join this group, then I'll be, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I won't be scary to my clients. But also, if I join this method, if I follow this method or integrate this new work into my old work, uh, then I'll have more sales. 
I think people do feel that. And here's the thing that they need to know. That is ultimately not going to lead to sales if it's not really authentic and if it's not your jam. Because if it's not your jam, it is going to bleed through. Now, I want you guys – now, some people think my work is therapeutic, you know. But, you know, if I started trying to be talking, like, about young and all that stuff, that's not who I am. It is going to come through awkward as hell. And you know what people are going to think? They're going to think, what the hell is wrong with the tarot lady? Something's off here. That's not. <laughs> they know that they're more likely to hear instead of a quote from Young, they're going to hear a quote from Rick Ross if they're in my office. That's who I am, and you know, I can't be anything that that I'm not. And when people do try to be something, like let's say, let's say for example, someone decides they're going to try to mimic what I'm doing, it's still going to come off weird. It has to absolutely be you and you can't worry about those sales things what you have to worry about if i don't even like using the word worry i feel you have to be you you have to be honest about what your abilities are you have to have a desire to serve your clients and when that bleeds through it doesn't matter how weird i am and i am weird you know, people know that when they come to my business, I'm going to take care of you. I give a damn about your your work, about my work, about serving you. That bleeds through. And they know also when they come in, they're going to see exactly what they see online. They're going to see me in probably one of these stupid cat T-shirts with a dumb cat lingering around here. And <laughs> I'm going to lay out those cards, old school, and I'm going to do my work. They're not going to come in and see something like me in a blonde wig and wearing, like, diamond tiaras and stuff. That's not who I am. And if you think that's going to get you sales, putting on some outfit that doesn't match, no, it's not. You know, it's like, here's, here's another good example. Have you ever worn an outfit that really didn't fit you? You know, like you knew it's yeah. like, oh, great, I've got to go to this wedding when we try to look normal and wear pink. <laughs> Come on now. You know, ultimately you're miserable, and that bleeds through. So when you don't put on these fake outfits, when you are simply who you are with your skills, your abilities, comfortable in your skin, that is what's going to lead to sales because people want to do business with people they can trust, and they can't trust you if you're wearing a mask. Right. I think think that – oh, no, what were you going to say, Jacqueline? Okay, so can we quickly talk about profile pictures and images of ourselves on our website? That seems seems like a mistake area. That seems like a mistake-laden area. (laughs) So this (laughs) – you know, when you take take portraits that you're going to put on your website – be real, be you in those portraits, because this is exactly what Teresa said, you know, what you see online is what you're going to get in person, and it's really going to throw your client off if you've got glamour shots on your website, and then they see you in person, and and you're, you know, you're looking dull, or you're dressed casual, or, you know, in person you're being you, but if, you know, you have a completely different identity online, it's, um, it will make your clients feel uncomfortable. That's totally true. You know, again, mm-hmm. of course, you certainly don't want to put out a picture. Like, if I just crawled out of bed, please, you guys don't want to see that. I look just like my dad <laughs> if I don't have eyeliner on, and my dad looked like a sea turtle. You do not want to see that image online, okay? So we want to see me looking nice. But, you know, in my office, it's going to be pretty much the same makeup, the same hair. It might be in a ponytail. But, um, you know, it's certainly not a glam shot. You want to look good in your pictures. You want to look at you at your best. But you right. don't want to look like a fake version of you. Right. Yeah. Right. And don't and yeah. don't put pictures on your website from when you were, like, 14 and now you're 35 either. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. When very, somebody puts up true. a picture that looks really young and you meet them in person and it's not what they look like, that's really strange. I've had that happen. It's really weird. You know, like, I oh. – when I when I started out, I built my own site, and it, I mean it was truly terrible. So what Jackie said about like you don't have to have a, a pretty site is absolutely true. Um, I can tell you because I didn't have one, and and yet it was it was so successful. But I had a picture, and it was just a picture of my eyes, and it was actually a drawing that my husband did. I remember and, it. 
You remember that. And, I do. And I, um, and I lost the file, but he just told me he has the file, so it's going to go back on my site now. But I had so many people who came to me who said, I looked at your eyes. And I knew that you would help me. And I knew that you would take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that really came through because I was looking at the man that I love and he captured that then. Mm. He, he was able to draw it and it looks like a photograph. A lot of people actually thought it was a photograph of black and white. Um, and so I, I think that that's really true. And you know, I think that the, the other thing about sales, um, whether it's the aesthetic side of things, like I'm, going to make my site, I'm going to make my site look like Teresa's because she's really killing it in Tarot. So if I do a purple and turquoise site, um, I know that I'll really kill it in Tarot as well. Um, I think that what's, what's really tricky is that, you know, for a while, that can work. Or Teresa has had the experience, we talked about it on the show, of having copies stolen, right? Blog posts mm-hmm. that are just literally ripped off. If, if I you know, sound like Teresa, I'm going to kill it in Tarot. And for a while, that can work. Like, there there will be a handful of people that will buy your thing. Um, and so you can get a false sense that this is the way to rock it and you're really nailing it. The, the problem is that it's not sustainable because those people will try – so they'll buy something and they'll try it and they'll they'll sense that it's not real that there's the the realness is not there and so they'll go somewhere else you know Teresa and I have both been in the business for a long time and you know I'm sure I can speak for you in that we have return clients right our people come back to us again and again and again well, I've had clients that have been with me since the very beginning. Um, right even though some of my services have dramatically changed. And so I think that that's the other thing. Like sometimes these these uh, copycat things or they're not even necessarily copycat. It's just sort of like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a witch and every witchy website has the picture of the moon. So I too will have a picture of the moon. Even though I'm not really into the moon, I really like the planet Venus. And, you know, and so you'll get people, they'll come, but they won't, stay they won't stick and what we're interested in is not you know a quick infusion of cash we're interested in sustainability yes and you can't be sustainable if you're not being true to you and true to you know what it is that you can provide i totally totally agree with that 100 percent. doesn't lead to sales you might think it's going to no. but it's not going to lead to sales i think the baker says that uh when people copy other people or copy their aesthetics or their words or whatever, what happens then is they don't trans the transmission doesn't come through. And clients yeah. can that. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's move on, Bree. Right on. Okay. So Jackie, your work is gorgeous. And if you guys haven't looked at Jacqueline's Instagram account, you really have to because it's so sensational. It's one of my, it's one of, I bookmark it because it's one of my beauty breaks. So can you, <laughs> tell you. Us, can, you, can you tell us how to be pretty? No, that's not the question. The question is, can you teach <laughs> us about aesthetics? <laughs> about aesthetics? <laughs> how can mystical service providers create gorgeous sites or images, especially if you were like me and you were graphically challenged? Okay, so there are so many tools available to um, non-designers and non-developers on both your mobile devices uh, and through the computer. So you can easily go to a a host like Squarespace, and they have um, gorgeous templates that you can quickly uh, custom and put up there. Again, you don't need a fancy site to start. Um, you can, if you want to make like graphic design Insta squares, you can use Canva. Uh, I use my phone a lot, so my favorite um, my favorite apps are Afterlight, VSCO, and A Color Story, and those can dramatically transform your photographs. Uh, and then also, I love the site Creative Market for fonts. Mm-hmm templates, um, textures, uh, and they're very reasonably 
priced over there too. And then if you want to explore Adobe a little bit, you can get yourself, I think it's a $10 a month subscription to Photoshop. And just play. Just uh, watch some tutorials on YouTube and just play. And if you're looking for inspiration, go on Pinterest or look through your history books. Like whenever I get a new client project, I and we have like a, a specific time period that we want to infuse into the work, I'll go into the library and look through all those books. And I'll look at old posters and old photographs. And I'll study, like even for my portraiture work, I'll study the poses of portrait painters from the 1800s um, or, you know, photographs from, like, Vogue in the 1920s. Um, you know, just kind of feed your creative well and don't be afraid to experiment either. Don't be afraid to take some, some risks and you'll develop your style uh, in that process. That's really awesome advice, and I am graphically challenged, so I have to like hire people like you because it's it's not pretty over here. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we've been talking about pretty, and we've been talking about also, you know, uh, ugly sites. And when I first put my site up too, it was really ugly. I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it on my own. You know, it took me some time to get my um, online life together and you know I've had help from designers I've had help from people like you Jacqueline and we mentioned that an ugly site or can still work so you know do you really think of how a site look matters I mean of course you have aesthetic taste talk to us about ugly and beauty and and you know how we can make it work even if we don't have the most prettiest site so I think sometimes the site how how uh, does a site, does the way the site look matter? And yes and no. So, like, if you're selling a luxury item or a luxury experience, you can't have a site that's stuck in the digital dark ages. Mm. Because what is that going to say about your products and services that you're providing? It means you don't care about the details. And luxury is all about the details. Um, but if you read cards or stars and you're just starting out with your biz, I think the content and the service you provide and the relationships you develop with those who are commenting or writing into you are going to have much more of an impact on getting those you know, potential clients to work with you. Um, and you have to know your audience too and what they're expecting and what they care about or don't care about. Um, but the one thing that's really important, whether you have a beautiful site or, you know, a, a simple and not so aesthetically pleasing site, is make sure that it's easy to navigate. Mm. So make sure the search bar and the newsletter sign-up area are visible. Provide clear access to your services. You know, show people how to move around and find what they are looking for. Because if they don't see what they're looking for, they're going to move right on. Um, and also, like, if you're on a break or your site is being worked on, which mine has been for the past several months, um, put a message on, on the landing page that tells people how they can still get in touch with you or sign up for your newsletter if you have one, um, how they can, and, and how they can access you until your shop opens back up, or how can they get on your waiting list. Um, so that when your shop opens back up, you guys can work together. Just always m make sure things are accessible and easy to find. Make it easy for your client. That's great advice. And, you know, that's one of the most frustrating things. I've I've worked with people and I've um, done some consulting for them with their metaphysical businesses and Oftentimes, one of the biggest problems, they they come to me and they say, well, you know, i got my site up here and I'm not making any money. It's like, I can't figure out how to pay you. That's why if you look at it as a client, it's such a simple fix sometimes just to make it easy to navigate, make it easy for people to pay you. So, yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so um, Bree, what do we think about designers? Let's talk about that. Yeah, yes, let's. So, you know, we would love to know what is your advice for working with a designer and how can you share the relationship is a positive one and you get what you want. I think, Teresa, you work with a designer. 
yeah, because I'm graphically challenged. It's pretty sad. Right. I were I right. had um I had someone design my site and I've also worked with Jacqueline to create some little insta squares. So, you know, yeah, I've I've worked yeah. with designers. Yeah. And okay. I work with a designer. So tell us, yeah, tell us, because you, you've done this kind of work, so tell us your war story. Now is the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you're, cho- if you're a client and you're choosing a designer, um, make sure you look at their portfolio and don't rely solely on references from peers and friends um, because what, may be good for your peers and your friends, may not be supportive of your work. And also, like, even if there's a designer whose work you love, that work may not vibe with the style of your brand and what you are trying to achieve. So just mm-hmm. make sure you, you do your research. Um, I, You know what? I do a lot of designer research on Pinterest. Um, I just poke around, see what kind of work I like, and then I'll try to follow the leads back to the designer's website. Um, and then, you know, just keep keep your eyes out. Again, keep a visual file and start to have an idea of what you like and don't like before approaching a designer. So um, have references to show the designer so you're both clear on the direction of the work because – it can get really hairy when you when you start out. You have a you you've developed a vision board together, and you and you start to move in one direction, and then you have to stop and like make a left hand turn, and then you're starting all over again. And that eats up um, creative energy. That eats up time. That eats up money. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you have a pretty clear direction, and you're committed to it. And and make sure that direction. Um, supports your your voice, right? And and it, and it's not a copycat. Like, don't go to a designer and say, "Oh, I want um, my blog to look like Marie Forleo's." Like, no. How how mm-hmm. like how your blog should serve your readers and your clients. Um, and then also, I would say on the flip side, still have an open mind when you're working with a designer because sometimes you discover things about yourself and your brand in the process. Um, another thing, just remember, respect your designer's time, guidance, and the contract you've signed. Um, and you've, you know, you've hired a designer because you trust that they will make decisions with your best interests in mind. Um, so don't, don't pixel push. Like if you have questions, ask away. But really, you know, you hired someone because you trust them. Um, and for clients, like don't, Put up again. Don't put up with designers that say they'll deliver work to you on a Monday and you don't receive it until two weeks later. You know your time and money and energy also needs to be respected. Um, if either of you, client or designer, needs a little bit of extra time, you know, just drop a note to the other person, letting them know what's going on and kind of give an update on the timeline. And then lastly, before you start working with a designer know how they work. Make mm. sure your schedules vibe. Like I'm pretty flex, so if a client needs additional time or needs something bumped up on the calendar, that's usually okay. But other designers may adhere to a very strict schedule and they and they won't they don't have a lot of they might have a lot of clients too uh at, at a certain period and they can't they don't have the flexibility in their calendar. Mm-hmm. Or in their cash flow, so everybody, you know, keep lines of communication open, um, be respectful, uh, lay out like all the details in your contract beforehand, and really, you know, try to adhere to them um, unless you both agree to changes along the way. Well, time is a really big thing for me. I'm one of those people. When I have a deadline, that deadline better be met. If that deadline isn't met, I am not the person you want to be working with. <laughs> I get really hostile about that because, you know, time is super important, and at least it is to me. That's mm-hmm. why I always try to, like, when I tell my clients I'm delivering within 48 hours, it's usually there in 24 hours. And um, I think that's a really important tip. If you're going to work with a designer, make sure that you guys are super clear on those deadlines 
And I would say for designers, a good thing to do is make sure when you're communicating with people that you give yourself an extra leeway so you can deliver early and over-deliver and delight the person you work with. I love it when people do that. When they tell me, well, it's going to take two weeks to do it, and they come through in a week, I'm like, oh, my God, I love you. I want to marry you. That's how I feel about timing. So I just had to add that in there. Tip for any designers who are listening in, do that to us, and we will love you. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing – Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the other thing with with designers is, you know, you said this, Jackie, but I really want to emphasize it, is know, like, know what you feel really strongly about and know what you're willing to feed over. Like, Mm. when I did my site with my designer, I felt really strongly about having a sacred heart. Um, I felt really strongly about the colors. I did not feel really strongly about fonts. I've never really, I just don't pay attention to fonts. And so when she came back and said, here are the fonts that I think um, really make sense stylistically, I was like, rock on, you know, because that that's not where I'm, that's not what I care about. Um, and, you know, the other part is like being very clear about what, the designer needs. So, you know, often, like, a designer actually needs um, your copy to be in place because they're going to design with an eye to, like, how much space that takes up. And and so if, like, those pieces aren't ready on your end, it slows down the entire process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've talked about ugly sites. <laughs> and... <laughs> being graphically challenged, but what would be your advice on how you can take your site from so-so to making it super luxe and gorgeous? What would be your advice for us about that? So some basic aesthetic um, tips are, you know, for your photographs, use clean filters, not Instagram filters from 2011 with, like, crazy borders and it's really hard to see everything. Um, use clean fonts, a serif or a sans serif is fine for your body text. Like headers can have some flair, but your body text should be read easily. And definitely don't use white text on a black background. It's really, really hard on the eyes. Um, Keep sidebars neatly organized and clutter-free. Make sure there's adequate spacing between images and text. You don't want them to be fighting with each other for your attention. And then also, like, luxury takes place uh, in the experience outside of your website, too. So in your newsletters, are those formatted to match the style of your website? Uh, How about your proposals or invoices or your candle reports? You know, is everything on brand? Are your free downloads and goodies branded, too? Um, I think... Uh, Moon and Quartz, Transformational Astrology, does this really, really well. Like all her PDFs are gorgeous. She's got a simple palette, repeat of fonts. Um, so keep your font palette to one or two fonts and just you know keep everything visually consistent. That's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. So what are some easy tweaks that any metaphysical business owner can do or should do stat? Like when, you know, we've listened to this, we're super inspired, we're all going to do makeovers. What, what's, where, where do we start? Like what, what's the easy thing that we can start to do? Okay, so first, um, well, don't do like a rebrand overhaul. Like keep, <laughs> it's okay to move in stages so you don't have to get overwhelmed. And also when customers come to a completely new site, um, it can be it can be a little overwhelming. People don't really like change. So just, you know, stick with your consistent threads um, and you can do, you know, updates and little tweaks here and there. Um, something else that you can start right away is curation. And this can be very hard, but from here on out, curate your services, your style, and your story across all digital lands. 
um, remember that one word you want to keep you want people to keep coming back to when they think of your brand um, and you know as far as story like how much of your personal life do you want to put out there are you a private person um, your your style like even in your Instagram account um, or your Facebook account like visually keep keep everything in the color palette of your website um, just have a, have as much consistency as you can. And you may have to edit things out. Like for my own Instagram account, um, I don't really post myself in the garden so much. I might post some individual flower shots, but like there's just certain landscapes or tools even. Like I don't post so many metaphysical tools or the cards I'm using. Today was an exception um, because I'm trying to keep everything very tight. I want people to come to me um, because they know, they, they, they can count on seeing my specific style and they know what I'm going to talk about um, and they're not like they're not just getting kind of this crazy mess of stuff so curate 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 well that is incredible advice and we're getting near the end of our show so we're going to be wrapping up in a moment um, and let's just talk for a minute about some of the big takeaways from tonight's episode Bree, what is your biggest takeaway from what we've discussed tonight? You know, I really like, I mean, it was all really awesome, but there were a few yeah. things I really liked. The first was, I mean, that's such a Libra answer, right? Um, it's all good. <laughs> but the first, it's all great. The first thing was the wardrobe, you know, looking yes. at, because I am such a stickler in my work for paying attention. You know, I'm I'm constantly in my classes and my courses, you know, in my one-on-one -on -one work. You know, this is, I mean, I can tattoo this on my forehead, like pay attention. And I think just starting with the things you've already surrounded yourself with and the things you literally wear every day is a really brilliant starting point. Um, sometimes I think that branding becomes like this very abstract thing that you kind of have to do because you have a website, but it's not really like who you think you are. Um, and so starting with something that, that is very close to you, I think, is brilliant. And then I really liked what you ended on, Jackie, with, you know, this uh, call to curate. Um, you know, what you leave out is as important as what you put in. And I think that sometimes we have kind of a more is more attitude. Um, but, you know, in many cases, choosing not to put the flash animation unicorn on your website is a really good choice, good choice to make. Um, and so, you know, I like that. I think that that's really right on. Yeah, totally. I what agree. What about 100%. you? What about you, Teresa? Well, my biggest takeaway is something that, you know, I – uh, love hearing from people is about being relentlessly you. And so, Jacqueline, um, you telling that to our audience, I think this is just such a such a darn important message. Just be relentlessly you in everything you're doing. Don't hide. Don't, you know, put up pictures that aren't who you really are. I think that's something that people really need to hear. Yeah, and that's it's hard. It's hard to... Be something that you're not. It takes yeah, a lot I mean, more who wants energy. to do that? I mean, seriously, could you imagine if me and Bree all of a sudden started acting like something we weren't? Uh. It would just, yeah, no, 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 no. So, um, and I don't want anybody else ever trying to be me. Please, trust me, you don't want to be me. It's not very glamorous <laughs> over here. <laughs> So um, towards the end of each episode, we love talking about, you know, just little things that we're into, books we're reading lately, you know, the stuff we're obsessed with, our favorite songs, or, you know, what's on TV, food, all of that stuff. You know, just things that we want to share with our listeners, because we are showing you what we're all about, you know, talking about being relentlessly you. And hopefully this is stuff that you guys like discovering, too. You know, we can't always just um, talk business 24-7, even though we like to. You know, so let's talk about maybe one or two things that we've all been into lately. So I want to start with you, Bree. 
and then Jacqueline, too. What is something that you guys have discovered recently that you've been loving? Mm, well, I have been, so I have been in, like, pre-K mode. So I'm really loving, I'm loving all the back-to-school stuff. This is our first year of, like, big boy pre-K. Um, and so I'm I'm really, like, I'm nerding out with back-to-school right now, um, which is a lot of fun. And the other thing, oh, my gosh, you should be so proud of me, Teresa. This is a pop culture oh. reference that is relevant and timely. I know. Hold on to your pants. I'm getting excited. Um, I, I know. I know, right? I, because I spin, I do spinning, which is extreme bicycling, um, for those of you who don't know, and I heard the Katy Perry song, Ride, and I really like it a lot, and I'm not normally, Katy Perry is not normally Bree's deal, um, but Jasper really likes Katy Perry, my five-year-old, so I heard this song, and I just dig it. I'm super into it. Yay. Is that, yeah. that's not the song that she did for the Olympics, was it? It is. I don't know if she did it for the Olympics, but it definitely played a role in the Olympics. I didn't really watch the Olympics, so I didn't know about that connection until later. But I like the fact that she says in her song that she's beyond an archetype. I think that's very mm. important and useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jackie Spill, what are you into? All right. <laughs> so <laughs> this summer I've been splurging on foreign magazines. Um, and like I have a lot of magazine, great, great visual magazines that are coming out of London uh, and Japan. Some of my favorites so far have been Her, just H-E-R with a little period, uh, Cabana. This is, um, this Cabana focuses on decorative arts and design. So it's more like 80% of the magazine is photographs, and then, you know, the other 20% is text. So you can really have this sensory experience just flipping through it, like a storybook. Um, And then another one is Rika magazine. Um, And then, of course, I've got, like, the Vogue September issues, because I like to see what's out there and what all the advertisements are and kind of just get lost in all that glittery, glamorous stuff. So that's what I've been up to. Well, I'm Love into it. magazines too, so I, I you're speaking my lingo. <laughs> <laughs> so what I about you, Teresa? What have you been into? Well, I, I love all those fashion magazines too. You wouldn't be able to tell it by my very simple wardrobe, but I I adore fashion magazines, and uh, I I just got the recent Bazaar, and I love Bazaar. It's one of my favorite magazines. So I'm into magazines, but what I'm into lately. My friend Brianna Saucy has just launched this awesome new thing called 20 Question Tarot. Bree, this is so genius. I got my magician. I opened it today. It is so, so darn smart. So if anybody out there listening, I know I've got to, I've got to pimp it out because it's good. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, I'm not going to say anything. But this is such a brilliant offering because instead of just being a standard, you know, here's what the magician means, it's got all these, you get 20 questions. She's going to go through the whole deck, one card every week. You get a PDF. It's gorgeous. And there's these 20 questions to really help you invoke your own meaning to the cards and maybe even get thinking about the card differently. And the questions are awesome and they're deep. And there's ideas in here for talismans, for working with the card, you know, blessings, just all kinds of really cool things. I think this is such a smart program, and I think every tarot person, whether you're a new to tarot person or you are a crusty old reader like me, this is going to get you looking at tarot in a whole different light. So, Bree, I just got to say, this is really genius. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Ah, uh, you have me blushing. You know, it's a really great companion piece to this tarot coloring book that is uh, coming out. Coming out in November, I think. You you might know the author. Her name is Teresa yeah. Reed. <laughs> well, I think people need yes. to get their hands on this. You guys, you can go to Bree's site, BriannaSaucy dot com, and um, it's twenty question tarot. I think it's really great. 
And the other thing I'm really, I've been really into, it's over now, so I just have to, like, try to, like, get people into this because I've been pushing it. It's this HBO show called The Night Of, and I think I might have mentioned it last month. It is the most compelling show that I've watched on television, other than Game of Thrones for a while. It was so incredible. The ending was great. I mean, just awesome. It's an eight-part series. Everyone should watch it. I think you're going to see some incredible storytelling the acting is just so realistic, and the casting is perfect. When I see something, a good movie or a good show, I can't stop talking about it for weeks, so this one's over, but they're showing the reruns. Go, go, go. Get it. It's awesome. We actually we stayed up late for this show, and we, were, we had the wrong night, but we were really tired, and we stayed up late in Portland for this show. So that's how much she likes it. Yeah, I, and if I stay up late, that's pretty, you know it's got to be good because I like to go to bed at a decent hour. <laughs> so, commitment. Um, just a few little announcements, too, so let's let's get to those. Uh, Bree, anything coming up that people need to know about? I, of course, just kind of blabbed about your thing, you, but yeah, anything else? Yeah, you did. You just, you did all my work for me. 20 Questions to Row is the big Big thing, I mean, and it's an e-course, so you can sign up for it at any time. Like, there's no registration closes at midnight. Hurry up. Um, that's that's it. And I'm looking forward to just enjoying the autumn and playing with the cards and working with everyone in the group. I think it's going to be great. Okay. What about you, Teresa? What is happening in Tarot Lady Land? But the big thing is getting ready for the book launch, and you know, yeah. so. The next couple of weeks is just getting everything tight and ready. October is where we're going to be bringing out a lot of information about the book. And then November 1st, it drops. So I'm really just focused on book, 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 and that's pretty much it. I am teaching some tarot classes. I'm doing one at the Eye of Horus in Minneapolis, and that's going to be um, on November 6th. And I'm also going to be teaching some classes at the Boston Tea Room right outside of Detroit. It's Heather Lee Navarre's place. And that's going to be in um, November 13th. So it's going to be some things to support the book and really to get people talking about tarot and hopefully into tarot as much as I am. Jacqueline, anything that you're you're going to be doing, a new project, new new anything that people need to know I've about? I've got a few new things that are coming up after the retrograde, but my yearly bundles are dropping soon my mugwort bundles um the harvest is tomorrow the first harvest so they'll be ready in about two weeks and then i've got cedar and sage and mint sticks ready too and those will be available in mid-september so and where can people find you so people can find me on my website at jacquelinetierney.com that's j-a-c-q-u-e-l-y-n T i e r n e y dot com, and then you can also find me on Instagram, where I'm active pretty much every day, and where you can get uh, the most updates and see what's going on and see when everything's ready. And that's uh, Jacqueline Tierney at Jacqueline Tierney also. And I do recommend that people get there. And if you are looking for an awesome designer, Jacqueline is going to be your gal. So <clears throat> before we sign up, sign off. Excuse me. Just a happy reminder, if you love Talking Shop, you can listen to all of our previous shows for free by visiting the Talking Shop archives. And they're easy to find. You can just go to thetarolady.com and go to the tab called Free Resources. Hop on down to Talking Shop under Podcasts. You'll find all the jazz there. We're also on iTunes, on iTunes and Stitcher. And on iTunes, you want to search for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. And Bree, where can they find the Talking Shop archives on your page? And you go over to com and you click the Work With Me tab on the nav. You'll see Talking Shop pop up right there. All right. So I think that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you Thanks all so, so much. much. This was great. So we want all of you to join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. We are going to have a business Slumber party. Oh, yes, we are in our pajamas with special guests Hillary Perry, Amelia Clint, and Paige Zafariou. We are going to be chatting about the year in business, making plans for next year, and all sorts of hot topics. So be sure to tune in on Wednesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Central Time. We look forward to seeing you then. 
Absolutely, and until then, you guys, you can always find me at, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you? And you can find me, Bree, at com. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and have a fabulous, fabulous evening. We hope that you all keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams. And always remember to stay on your grind and make it a great month, and we know you will. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night.